Ag State of Mind, episode 93. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Good morning. Welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we are talking with Caroline Rose of K. Rose Cattle Company. They do some incredible online marketing, helping out rural businesses, especially those involved in agriculture and kind of marketing their business. We talk a little bit about the challenges of having a business in rural America and how we need those rural businesses. And uh, it was a really great conversation with Caroline. And we end up talking about Cattleman U, uh, a really great program where you can connect with cattlemen from all across the country. And it's a great resource, no matter if you have five or 500, 5,000 head of cattle. It's a, it's a really great program. And I think it's a, something that's, that's sorely needed. Um, before we get started here, I am going to ask you all to please go out to iTunes and leave us review, uh, help us get in front of more people. Uh, it's always appreciated to get a review. So um, I ask you to please go do that. If you are a listener to the podcast, if you've been listening for a while, or if this is your first time, please go out and leave us a review on iTunes. So, all right, here we go with my interview with Caroline Rose of K Rose Cattle Company. All right, Caroline Rose, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you this afternoon? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So tell me a little bit about your company and then we'll kind of go into what you guys have going on coming up very soon. Perfect. So I am the owner and founder of K Rose Company and it's a full service design agency for agriculture. So I'm actually really passionate about the next generation coming back to the family farmer ranch. And what I learned is in these small rural towns, they don't have a good daycare. If there's not a place for the husband or wife to get a job if needed, if the school system's not good, if there's not a library, all of these things, the next generation does not come back or is less likely to come back. And so while I have a passion for agriculture, I knew that I needed to work with these rural communities in their marketing and get them to have a face on the internet so that we could continue to grow agriculture to make these small towns desirable. So not only do we market for seed stock operations and a lot of ag businesses, but any business in rural America is our passion too. We wanna help them with good, accurate, done before marketing advice so they're not wasting their money trying something new. And then in return, we get that next generation back to the family farmer ranch. The other side of our business is I buy feeder calves. So um, between my dad and I, we market between 30 and 40,000 in the fall. And so we're up and down the road every single day sitting in a sale barn. And so when we market for a seed stock operation, not only am I in contact with their ideal customer, which can help them determine their marketing path based on the conversations I can have when I'm buying someone's calves. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, so I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about marketing for rural businesses. And I think that we are in an ideal spot right now coming out of the pandemic. I think that rural America, especially to urban dwellers, has never looked better. It's never looked more desirable of a place to live. And, you know, I find that uh, I find I, I talk to a lot of people who are taking advantage of that and wanting to, I, I just, this week, I talked to Sam Goldberg of Silo the Film and him and his wife since recording Silo and since the pandemic have moved to rural Pennsylvania out of Manhattan. I, I'm talking to a lot of people who have that same desire and, and really want to experience rural America, but they don't, and, I, and understandably so, they don't want to give up a lot of the amenities that urban life has. And I think that's kind of what you are understanding yourself is that living in rural America doesn't have to be such a sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's great businesses in rural America. Most of the time people don't know about them. Right. They don't have a website. They don't have a presence. So when people are deciding about where to travel through, where to move to, a lot of these businesses are getting overlooked because their clientele has been the neighbors for the longest time, and now it's new people. And so they've really had to adapt and adjust what they've been doing to let people stay with their customers. They've been there for maybe 20 years. All their customers are at a PhD level. You know the kind of place. You don't even have to hand them a menu, right? They know what they want. And they're getting people who are coming to town and they don't even know their hours, if they offer food. I mean, all of these very basic things. And so on the marketing, it's like we have to almost start back up mm, quite a bit mm -hmm. and start from ground zero. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. And we're seeing that in our little community. Uh, we just, there's a restaurant that just opened up and, you know, there's some challenges because so, you know, so much is available to people, but they just don't know it. And there's a lot of, I, th I feel like the marketing needs to be different for rural America. And I, you're recognizing that. And I think that that is a very valuable thing to be doing, especially now. Yeah. And, you know, the need came from my own little town. Um, I live in a small town mm. in Montana, 1300 people. And ironically, I grew up in the town down the road, about 15 miles, same size. And there is a store, a brewery in the town that I grew up in, and I had never been in there. I've lived in the town for three years, never been in there because I didn't know if they served food. It was nowhere on their website. I couldn't find it on their Facebook page. And when I'm on the road, when I come into a town late at night and they're the only place open, I want a meal. Like I'm not going to stop just, you know, to see if they serve food. So for three years, I did not walk in their business because I did not know whether they served food. And I was like, someone, we wow. have to be teaching these businesses that there's hurdles and people are not coming and spending money because they don't know things that are blatantly obvious to them or not. They either have a commercial kitchen or they don't. I mean, it's like, right, very obvious to the people on the back end of that business, not obvious to their right. So how open are they to, how open the rural businesses that you work with, how open are they to suggestion? Oh, very open. When I kind of give them a game plan of here is how often you should post on social media, you know, here's what your website should 
detail out and I walk them through keeping a notebook of questions. So anytime a client emails, asks a question in person, write it down. That's a social media post. Anytime you can be clear is to be kind. So anything that you think or someone has ever asked you, you need to answer somehow in your marketing plan, they're very open. I think the first step for a lot of small businesses is budgeting it in. And I think a lot of businesses mm. think, oh, I need $10,000 to get started, which is not true. For a couple hundred dollars, you know, they can have a pretty good game plan started and have even maybe one of their staff members, you know, help them with posting on social media or things like that. But it's not a $10,000 business. Right. And, you know, I've heard this so many times before. I mean, you can do a lot of things marketing, social media wise, but the best form of marketing still to this day is word of mouth. And I think that a lot of people have to understand that you word of mouth, like word of mouth reputation um, is the first thing, but also combining that with a place where people can actually find the information too, when they need to is, is key as well. Yeah. A lot of people who don't want social media or they're really hesitant about like starting an email list. One of the first things I recommend is let's just start rewarding people who come in and say, oh, Joe told me to eat here. I'm like, let's give Joe. Sure. Yeah. Like that's the first step to improving your word of mouth. Yes. Give an incentive to spread it by word of mouth. So we have a rural business ourselves. I'm not sure if you realize that, but we have a, we have a small yoga studio in our hometown. We have a hometown. Our hometown's about somewhere between three and 4,000 people, you know, so it's not a big town. It's not even a big, small town. It's a probably a small, small town. You know what I mean? Or, but what my wife just came up with this week was bring a friend and enter for a week of free yoga or something like that. You know, things like that, like give people incentives to keep spreading the word and trying to get people to come back. Because from what I have found, people will act on incentive. Yeah. So funny that you say yoga studio during the pandemic, we wanted to go to yoga when things sort of opened up. And there's a yoga studio mm -hmm. and I researched, I looked at all of their Facebook. I probably spent 45 minutes trying to decide if we needed to bring our own mats and towels. Nowhere, no word, nothing like that. And I'm like, okay, so we show up and first thing we, the lady says, where's your mats? And I said, ma'am, I spent a long time looking at your website and your social media. Nowhere does it say we need to bring our own mats. And she said, well, everyone knows. And I said, do you want any new customers? She Apparently us. not, right? Yeah. Like, But simple things like that, where she's probably, you know, for the last six months, it's only been the people who knew that. And I just sometimes mm. think when we're growing businesses, we're high, like we're PhD level. Our customers are in kindergarten. And since you have kids, right. you know what happens when you take a child to kindergarten. You hold their hand and you show them the drinking fountain, the bathroom, where they're going to hang up their coat. You show them the art room and the library and the office and who they go to when they're sick. I mean, you spend like an hour or more with your child going through the layout of the school. They know what a drinking fountain looks like. That's not the game. The game is to make them comfortable with every amenity that you offer and explain it in a way that they'll remember 
And a lot of business owners, most business owners are PhD level. And when someone goes in to get their PhD, no one's holding their hand and showing them where the bathroom is. And so that's where our mind is, but our customers need to be walked through the experience over and over and over. If you have a third grader and you say, oh yeah, don't forget, that's where you go to art, they're not gonna be upset. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, thanks for the reminder. But we can't assume our customers know all those answers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also goes, you know, a restaurant's different, but in a lot of businesses, trying to create a community around that business too is really key. You know, so you almost have, so longtime customers become sort of ambassadors. And that's what we're finding too, is that, you know, when you have that kind of ambassador level in that community, it takes a lot of the legwork off of the owner you know, as far as spreading the word and, you know, telling them what they need. And so they know the business, maybe not, obviously not at the level that you do, but they can be kind of people to help spread that word as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And really serving your customers really well helps a lot because if you serve your your current customers really well, they do tell people. And it's funny to me, $100 decision can be made on like three words. So if we think about taking our kids to the movies, if you call another mom or dad at school or you see them at drop off or whatever and you say, oh, how'd your kids like that? And they say, my kids loved it. That's a $100 family decision. That's mm. all it took, mm-hmm. right? Right. In three words. Right. You just made 100 Right. And we rely on so much of the influence of other people We never hardly eat without a Yelp review, right? I mean, we we just want to know what other people think. And so the more you can get your current customers to talk about your business or share things about your business, the more that that trust level grows with new people. And it only takes one customer to share it to someone that trusts them for that to be a new customer. Sure. No, I totally agree. So something that kind of came up to my mind here is the usefulness of having your own website or your own like email list versus having a social media page or a Facebook, especially a Facebook page. Talk to, if if you can, talk to the advantages of having that versus having just a Facebook page or something, having your own, the own place, the own domain where you own um, instead of having that face, you know, just the social media presence. Yeah, absolutely. So Um, Facebook is rented ground. So you don't want to put all your eggs in someone else's basket because if they take off with your basket, now you're left with no eggs. And so I believe that every small business needs a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. They say that we check Facebook pages now like 80% of the time to see if a business is alive and well because of so many changes in the pandemic. We check hours, we check to see if they're still in business. And They have to have a post within the last two weeks for most people to consider them an active open business. Mm. So I think having a Facebook page is really important, but you should definitely have a spot on the website or on the world web, a website for your business. Now, most businesses don't actually need a five page website. Right. I think that that myth that designers and I have designers on my team, we do websites, but most Businesses to start off need one page Mm -hmm. that, you know, has the most important information, the hours, probably a picture about the owners, just so people know when they go in there who they're expected to see and a contact form, 
a very simple one page site. Just when someone Googles you, you have a place to show up. And then if you plan on having a business that continuously grows, I think email list is important. They mm -hmm. have said that revenue and email lists are tied together. The faster your email list grows, the faster your revenue grows. And so I like to encourage small businesses to have email. One gives them another touch point. And in the world of marketing, they say people have to hear about you 21 times on average before they pull the trigger. Is that right? So 21. List, yeah. Isn't that crazy? I've actually heard seven, but 21, I, I think probably sounds actually more accurate to me. Yeah. They say that it was seven a few years ago. Really? And as our world becomes more like fast paced and, you know, moving that it gets noisier. And so we have like things have to stick in our mind more often. It's like driving by a billboard. Think about how many times you drive by a billboard before you could say what's actually on that billboard. Right. Right. I mean, so you have to, yeah, a lot. It's crazy. So, um, I like to have an email list. One, if something happens to social media, you own those emails, which is a funny way to put it, but like you can export them and have them and reach out to them. The other thing too, is I like the ability to like personalize those emails and send out and reach right out to your customers. Most people nowadays are in their inbox seven days a week and they shouldn't be right. We should probably give the weekends off, but right. most people are. And it's an easier way to reach people, a less noisy way than their social media. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be honest here. When I'm on social media, I probably don't, I don't retain a lot because a lot of it is just scrolling and a lot of it is done mindlessly. But when I check email, when I'm seeing emails, that's not necessarily done mindlessly. That's usually done with intention, with purpose. And I think that is probably the key difference here is you're probably, when you're checking email, when you're looking at email, you're in a different frame of mind than you are whenever you are on social media because social media is oftentimes done as just a kind of to give your brain a break sometimes, even though it doesn't, isn't really giving a break. That's what you're doing. Um, you're not, you're usually there to be entertained. Whereas with, with email, you're usually trying to retain or you're doing business of some sort. You're just in a different frame of mind, in my opinion. Absolutely. That's why they say on social media that the only things that actually matter are comments when someone tags a friend or someone else in the comments or when they share the post, because we do just scroll mindlessly. And in order, we never comment on something that we don't read at least twice. So I encourage you guys to like test your own behavior. If you're going to comment on something, you scroll back to the top and you read it again. One, because we don't want to look stupid. Right. Uh, two, because we sure caught the whole thing. Um, so anytime someone switches their mind from scrolling to commenting, or to tagging a friend, we're not going to tag some our friend in something that they're going to think is stupid or, you know, they're not going to enjoy the content or get moved by the content, right? Not necessarily enjoy it. And then we're certainly not going to share it to our timeline if we haven't read it through and made sure that we agree with it. So that's why they say the good social media content that you produce needs to get comments, tags, or shares because it is a mind shift. It's from that no memory to I am protecting myself and my reputation. So of course I'm going to read the content and I'm going to absorb sure. it. Yeah. 
Awesome. So let's shift a little bit here. Let's talk a little bit about Cattleman U. I'm very, obviously very intrigued by this. A friend of mine reached out and wanted to see if I was interested in being involved in this, and definitely I am. Uh, so tell me a little bit about this and what, what people can look for in this. Yeah, absolutely. So Cattleman U is an educational platform and community developed within Kairos company for all cattlemen. And the idea came when I noticed that our industry in agriculture is actually swapped compared to most industries. So when you think about engineering, the new engineers are the ones that go to conferences, right? They need to network. They need to meet people. They need to learn from the experts. And the senior engineers are the ones that are staying in the office and getting the work done. When my brother came back to the ranch, um, the family operation, probably like 11 years ago, the moment he came back was the moment my dad got more heavily involved hmm. in outside industries. So, or in outside, you know, groups. So that's when he started to go, my dad started to go to the conventions and the meetings. And so I realized that my dad said to himself, well, I've worked all this time. Now I can finally get away because your brother's there, which is the exact opposite of most industries. So I just got to thinking and knowing, and one thing I'm really passionate about, and I talk to my customers all the time is, sure, it's a lifestyle, but your operation is a business and it needs to be right. run like this. And all good businesses do continued education. And if that next generation, whether it be the first generation who's hustling or the next generation, doesn't have to be the son, but granddaughter, niece, something like that, or, you know, grandson comes back, they do not get the opportunity to leave. And then you add it with young kids, right? And maybe a new marriage. And it's all of a sudden like, we can go 20 years without moving our education forward in agriculture. And I said, we have to switch this. Like there has to be something that doesn't require them to stay in a hotel or leave the ranch, but really wish they were at the ranch. So mm -hmm. I developed an educational platform where every month we have a different topic and we bring in five to 10 expert speakers to present on that. They're not live. So at the beginning of the month, the speaker information is uploaded and you can watch it at any time. You can actually download just the audio. So if you're in the tractor, somewhere where there's no service, you download the audio and you can listen to it without any Wi-Fi or service. And then at the end of each month, we have what's called a profit panel. So we bring the experts back. We do a live Q&A. You can submit questions and we really are able to pick their brain and have a great conversation about anything that they talked about. And so what it is, is it's the ability to learn without ever leaving the home. And the other thing too is you can learn at your own pace. So a lot of times people tell me, I watched that video four times or I watched it once myself. I brought my dad in to watch it. Like you can keep watching them over and over and over until you feel like you can consume all the information. And what we try to do is completely unbiased information. So we might even have speakers in the same session that kind of contradict each other because our goal is not to tell you how to run your operation. Our goal is to supply all the options and what all the experts are saying, and you can decide what works best for you. But we want all of the information out there, not just the stuff that we agree with or we think would work. 
it's non-biased. So anything you want to learn about, like I said, there's people who like a state ten state planning and taxes. We have two people saying that they think very different things, but we just want you to have the information. So not only do they have that, so um, we plan the content in six months chunks. So now for six months all is all planned. And then um, the rest of the month we'll plan the next six months. And then we have a community on Facebook where there's lots of conversations. There's actually a great conversation the other day about you know, I'm AIing some heifers. Who should I breed to? What kind of bulls do you guys like? And then also we have classifieds. People can list their products for sale. And then for the first time this year, we're actually doing an in-person event, which is so funny because part of our mentality is we didn't want people to have to leave the operation but people kept saying, after the pandemic, we want to be in the same room as people. So we're doing a live event in Bozeman in July, and it's unlike any other conference, and I know I'm sure every other conference says that, but <laughs> like one whole day we're having Ranching for Profit speak, the whole entire day, oh, they're wow. doing one of their workshops. And you know, so it's not all just keynotes and breakouts and things like that. And then we're actually going on tour one day. And then we have Kurt Pate and my dad going to do a low stress animal handling workshop. Um, and then we have a half day of keynotes really focused on the futures market and reproduction. And so what we tried to do is combine some education, some community, as well as some practical things like low stress animal handling and ranching for profit all within four days in Bozeman, Montana. That's so valuable because it's like you say, there is an incredible amount of noise around what you should or shouldn't do and what you should buy or what you should do, spend your money on. And it can get really overwhelming, especially, especially for younger generation who don't necessarily have the cash flow to to take a chance on a on a on a monetary decision. So if you have those kind of options laid out for you and you can understand what works best for you, it's really valuable in the decision making process. And I know for myself, um, I've spent a lot of money on things that didn't work, and that's really frustrating. Um, but when you can just kind of have it all set out there in front of you and you can make a sound decision given all the information. And another thing that I think is really valuable, what you are doing is the ability to watch it and rewatch it and put it in a place where you're comfortable. I know I've been at conferences before where I am sitting there in a classroom type setting and I sit there and watch a slideshow and I'm not necessarily in the frame of mind to learn sometimes. And that's like, somebody's like, what was that class about? And I'm like, well, I don't really remember. I don't really know. But when you were able to put it, like you say, in a tractor or in your truck, or if you're in fix and fence and have earbuds in or something like that, a place where you are, can be really intentional with how you're picking up the information, that's really, really powerful. And that can really be a good place for you to retain that information. So I, to me, that might be the most valuable part of the non-in-person stuff. Yeah. And the other thing too, and it's hard to describe and copy, so we don't talk about it much. But one thing that I hear from like the next generation is, well, we really want to try X cover crops or, you know, starting to AI or 
you know, going gap on our calves or whatever it is. But my, my dad uh-huh. or my grandpa has zero interest. And, and so they're kind of stuck between this rock and this hard spot where it's like, they want to test something out, but they couldn't say to their dad, like, I'm going to go to this conference that teaches yeah. about cover crops. If their dad didn't believe in cover crops, right. Their dad would be like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. That's right. not. So in here, you can learn about those things from experts and then be able to present to the operation the all the things you learned really with no one looking over your shoulder and like i said i know it sounds weird but it is a conversation i have with people like man i'd really love to learn more about that but grandpa's just not going to let us do that and so it's like you can learn whatever you'd like to learn you can ask these experts anything and and then bring it back and present it and so there's less pressure to learning what you feel like you should learn versus learning all the options. The other scenario that I've seen this come in is like when we go to a conference that has um, breakout sessions, my dad will sit down with my brother and I and like check the ones that we should attend. Like these are good speakers you'll learn something here. And I'm like, instead of that, you can just learn from all of them. Like if your interests vary a little bit from you know, where you think you should be or where your dad would have encouraged you to go learn from all the speakers. Yeah, no, absolutely. You that that's a that's a really good point. So if someone is interested in Cattleman U, where do they go to sign up? So just cattlemanu.com is the website and it has mm-hmm. all of the information. It has all of the next month's six months of speakers and the trainings that they're going to offer. And then here in the next few weeks, we'll get the remainder of the six months until next June up there. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, like we said in the beginning, we are partnering with you guys. So there is a discount involved by using a code that I will, I can provide to people from, from this podcast. I'll put that in the in the show notes, I'll put it on social media so people will be able to use that and really, really think it's a great place for people to to start, not just to start, but to grow their operations. I think there's some really good information involved and I appreciate that you guys have recognized this need and are acting on it because those, those are two, two big steps that, that need to be done. Yeah, absolutely. We love it. And the thing that I always say to people is I can't wait to learn alongside you because I don't know all of this. Yeah. You know, I pick from speakers that a lot of speakers I've never heard of because we reach out and, you know, do a wide grasp for speakers. But a lot of speakers are people that I absolutely admire and I can't wait to learn more from. And so we're learning right alongside you guys. Awesome. That's great. And because that's what, that's where great innovation comes from is because someone recognized a need within them, their own selves and they recognized that need acted on it, that then shared it with the people around them. There's so much value that comes out of that. And I love that. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time on a Saturday. I don't, I guess it's Saturday morning for you where you're at. It's just almost afternoon here. So I appreciate it where we talked about Cattleman, you where to find it, where can they find other places? K Rose online. Yeah. So two places, 
we have Kros Company um, on Facebook and on Instagram and kroscompany.com. And then if you're a rural business, I actually have a page, Caroline Rose, where I do all of the strategic social media marketing tips and business growing tips called Caroline Rose. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I appreciate all, um, all the work that you're doing. This is really exciting stuff. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.